Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Ivory Road podcast with myself, Dermot Kavanagh, as always. This week, we are going to be speaking about the elections in Bulgaria, what they mean for the European Union, what they mean for the government in Bulgaria, and most importantly, what they mean for your Bulgarian citizens. So to speak about this with me today, I am lucky enough to be joined by Daniel Yanev, a Bulgarian national living in Berlin, studying political science at Potsdam University. Having organized some anti-government protests in Berlin last year, anti-Bulgarian government protests, of course, Daniel co-founded the Citizens Initiative for Democracy in Bulgaria, along with some other protest organizers in, Berlin, in German cities. Daniel, thank you very much for being with me this afternoon. How are you doing? I'm fine. Hello. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's get straight down to business. So before we speak about the election and the results, can you give us a bit of an overview of the political situation in Bulgaria over the last number of years and decades? Well, that's a pretty tricky question, actually. I don't know how to begin, but uh, probably to begin with, uh, Bulgaria is a member of the EU since 2007 and has been ruled by a conservative government, uh, a pro-European conservative government since 2009 with uh, one interruption or two interruptions, I think, which were not so long after all. Um, we also have an opposition, a uh, strong opposition, uh, the so-called Bulgarian Socialist Party, which is more or less um, originated from the Bulgarian Communist Party. So another interesting fact is that Bulgaria was a communist country uh, from 1945 to 1989, just like other countries uh, from Central Europe, for example, Hungary, Poland, um, and so on. So um, what else? Yeah, the government uh, which was last uh, in office was uh, composed of two parties. This conservative party, the so-called GERP party, which is pro-European, is part of the European People's Party in the European Parliament, and their junior partner, the Nationalists, or the so-called United Patriots, mm -hmm. uh, which did not win any parliamentary seats uh, in the, at the last parliamentary election, which was last Sunday, actually. So I think that that's a nice overview uh, to begin with. That's perfect, Daniel. Yeah, thanks for that. So. I have a list of the, the estimated results. So we're expecting the full results to come out later this afternoon or this evening, I believe. But at the moment, from what I've seen, we have an all-time low turnout of just over 47%. We have Gare party that you mentioned, the, the party in power with about 24, 25. The socialists on 15, the ITN on 18, and then you've got a couple of parties coming in with 10, the D Democratic Bulgarian Party and the Turkish Minority Party. Who are the big winners and the losers from these elections so far? Well, I think it's clear from the results that the current government uh, is probably the biggest loser mm -hmm. uh, at this election. They have lost about 20 uh, seats in parliament. Mm -hmm. Another loser is also the Bulgarian Socialist Party, which is the most influential and the most most and the strongest uh, opposition party in the Bulgarian parliament, which have lost 37 seats uh, in parliament, which is unprecedented actually in the last years. That's probably, uh, yeah, their worst performance at elections uh, at all, I think, uh, in the new history of Bulgaria, so to speak. So um, the, all, the another loser are of course the United Patriots, which were part of government and did not win any single parliamentary seat. Uh, at, at this election, yeah. So they're also out. 
Um, and I think that that's a clear message from uh, from the people that they want some change, some general change, uh, and more or less, uh, yeah, the, the results of this election could be perceived as uh, a form of protest, actually. So those are the biggest losers. They are perceived as part of the status quo. The Gear Party, the socialists, which were also in government from 2005 and 2009, and many Bulgarians are, yeah, uh, not so uh, did not approve uh, uh, their government, so to speak. So I think that's a, that's a clear message. So those are the losers. Okay. In terms of the the issues, then, I mean, I assume COVID was a big issue, but there's also corruption is pretty synonymous with Bulgarian politics in a European perspective. They're ranked as the lowest, the the highest level of political corruption in the EU. Which was the biggest driving force behind this desire for change? Was it the COVID restrictions and the way the government have behaved themselves, or was it more anti-corruption? Well, I would not say that the electoral campaign was uh, dominated by a single topic, actually, mm -hmm. uh, at least on uh, on part of the voters uh, in Bulgaria. I, I would say that corruption and COVID-19 were equally important. Uh, it's an interesting fact that Bulgaria is one of the countries in Europe with the lightest uh, restrictions. I don't think that a lockdown was imposed at all in Bulgaria at any uh, uh, point of time uh, since March 2020. So I would say that, as I already mentioned, that the, the result of the election is uh, originates from this general discontent, this general disapproval, not only with uh, the Bulgarian government, with the current Bulgarian government of Gerb and the nationalists, but in general. People just are, are just sick of the way of way of the way politics are being uh, done in Bulgaria. So they expected their living standard to, to be uh, increased, so to speak. Uh, the last government failed in doing that. I, as I said, they are in office since 2009, and and they did not uh, do that. They they they, they could not uh, increase, for example, the the wages. Um, I mean, the average wage, for example, or, or the, the average pension. I mean, Bulgaria has really much potential and in comparison to similar countries from an economical point of view, like Romania, for example, or I don't know, um, Hungary, uh, Poland and so on, Bulgaria is performing uh, worse than they are performing. So uh, actually many Bulgarians have also left, uh, left Bulgaria in the last uh, 10 years, I would say, and the election results from uh, from the Bulgarians living abroad are also clear. I mean, the Gare party has uh, about, I don't know, it's on the fourth or on, on, on the fifth place compared to Bulgaria, where they actually won the election. Um, so as I said, this general discontent, discontented general desire for change was really the driving force behind, um, yeah, the, the election results. Okay. So as you mentioned there, the I mean the GERB party, they still did win the election, but it's very much a loss for them. I think that's fair to say, down 10 or 12 points. How do we expect this to to impact GERB and of course Prime Minister Borisov? Well an interesting thing is that Borisov uh, gave up his seat in parliament. He was actually uh, leading two of the of the lists of GERB in two electoral districts. He wanted the, these districts actually, but he gave up his, uh, uh, his seat in parliament and he will most probably just remain leader of the GERB party. 
Okay. What's the what's the motivation behind giving up his seat? Uh, because I think that yeah, uh, the, the 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 disapproval levels of Borisov are too high, and his party would suffer if uh, he okay. remains uh, a candidate for uh, the prime minister uh, position, so to speak. But as I said, he will most probably remain uh, the leader of the Gare party. Um, and the party won't suffer much, I would say, because it still has the support of their European partners, uh, mostly the European People's Party and, uh, yeah, the big European, the, the big conservative and pro-European uh, political parties like the Christian Democrats in Germany also sub continue supporting Borisov uh, in spite of the allegations uh, that he is involved in corruption and despite of the fact that uh, media freedom in Bulgaria is uh, restricted and so on. He still has support and I would say that GERB will still remain a strong political party. Uh, they mm -hmm. have many, many mayors uh, in Bulgaria. They have won 24 out of 31 electoral districts at this election. So they're really strong on the local and on the regional level. Um, and yeah, they will remain in opposition. Borisov would most probably, I would say, with 100% Probability won't be a prime minister of Bulgaria anymore, but Gerb will still uh, remain influential in Bulgarian politics. Yeah, no doubt they'll still have a big influence. Who who are the big winners then? Because anyone from outside of Bulgaria who's paid any attention to this election has been made aware of the ITN, the new populist, if you will, pro-European party. Can you tell us a bit about them? What, how, what sort of an election they had in the background, the leader? It's a very interesting party. It is a really interesting story, really. So to begin with, they won 51 seats in the Bulgarian parliament. So I don't know their vote share, but they're the second strongest party uh, in parliament now. How, where, did, uh, the, where does the party originate from? Uh, its leader is a former, really, really popular TV host and a musician, and a musician also. I mean, his TV show was more like, I don't know, I could compare it to Jimmy Fallon's show uh, in the US, for example. It was, uh, yeah, Not really, sure. in this time, I really also enjoyed watching it when I, was, uh, when I was a child also, because he has hosted this TV show, I think for 15 or 20 years, a really long time. I, it, it won't be exaggerated if I say that this person is one of the most popular Bulgarians at all at the moment. So he, and his screenwriters, they were politically, they, they, they have taken political stances on many, many issues for years now. Uh, and their political engagement began actually with a referendum in Bulgaria, which took place uh, in 2016, I think, where uh, I, I, the leader is called Slavi Trifonov. So that's the leader of ITN. Uh, and they asked the, Bul the Bulgarians uh, three questions. The first question was if they want to replace the uh, proportional electoral system with a majoritarian one, um, if they want voting on refer at referendums and elections to be compulsory. And the third question was if uh, people want to uh, reduce the party subsidy, so the party financing, to one leva or about 50 euro cents per vote. Uh, and back then, I think that the subsidy was uh, 12 leva or respectively six euros per vote okay. for the parties which have won more than 1% vote share at elections. So that was more or less a 
populist uh, proposal on part of the ITN, on part of Trifonov and his screenwriters. Uh, but the voter turnout was relatively high, almost 50%, and all questions were supported with, uh, yeah, a significant majority. Okay. So that's how it all began. Uh, Slavi Trifonov's show was on national television. I think that 2017 or 2018, he left the television and founded his own uh, television. And it started functioning more or less like the party television of the ITN. I mean, the ITN did not exist uh, back then, but there were indications that they will found a part, they, they will found a party. And that happened in 2020, in February 2020, ITN was founded. And as you already said, uh, it does not have a clear political orientation. It's neither left nor right. It's more like a big tent party, like the, I would say, the five star movement in Italy. It's a, if you compare it to five, the five star movement, you will see many, many similarities. But the party has stated it is clearly pro European clearly pro-NATO, pro at least uh, in its foreign policy agenda. Uh, and yeah, it also promotes more direct democracy. So that would mean that more referendums would become um, laws, that the procedure of referendums, the results of referendums uh, becoming laws would be uh, eased, so to speak. Uh, so that's actually, in a nutshell, what ITN stands for. They would, will, would remain um, conservative, I would say, regarding LGBT rights, for example, and the traditional family um, rights and so on. So, yeah, but in a nutshell, that's what uh, ITN stands for, I would say. Okay. Sticking with that topic of, of um, LGBT and family rights and this, these kind of themes, is Bulgaria as strong on these themes as the likes of Hungary and Poland? Does Borisov line himself, align himself with the likes of Orban? Or what's his, what are his views? Well, on these topics, I would say yes. I mean, he does not exploit these topics as uh, strongly as Orban or, uh, I don't know, uh, politicians in Poland do. But since he has governed the country in the last four years with nationalists, which are clearly anti-LGBT, uh, yeah, he expresses such kind of opinions that, I mean, the, for example, um, I don't know, uh, LGBT marriages are prohibited in Bulgaria and in the near future, they will most probably not uh, remain prohibited, uh, so to speak. So that is actually a topic in Bulgaria. Um, it has been a topic in the last years. Uh, there is a convention, the so-called Istanbul Convention uh, for the rights of women. It deals with, uh, Violence at home, violence, uh, domestic violence, yeah. domestic violence. Sorry, exactly. Directed at, at women, uh, and the nationalists uh, just interpreted the the content of this convention in their favor, stating that uh, the convention wants to introduce a third gender and wants to, uh, yeah, I don't know. They really exploited that, and that turned into a really, really hot topic in Bulgaria and could also have been, uh, I don't know, the trigger for some people to vote for this party, actually. So yeah, Borisov is trying to compromise, so not stating clearly that he's anti-LGBT, 
in order not to anger his European partners. But yeah, I mean, many, many Bulgarians are still conservative and at some um, LGBT uh, demonstrations, for example, violence, uh, you could witness violence actually, uh, some radical rights or extreme uh, representatives of the extreme right um, really, um, yeah, try to, um, how do you say it? Uh, to, to stop the demonstrations, actually. Yeah. So yeah. Bulgaria as a whole, as a society, is still really conservative and more or less anti-LGBT uh, rights. Okay. T turning our attention then to, to some of the relationships, you mentioned Barasov has the support of the Christian Democrats in Germany, the EPP in the Conservatives in the, in the European Parliament. What about the relationship with Putin and with, with Russia? There's my understanding of Bulgaria is that it's still one of the countries in Europe where there's a bit of a battle going on between Brussels and Moscow looking to have influence. How do how are these two relationships viewed by by Bulgarian people? Well, to start with, uh, Bulgarian many Bulgarian people, especially older Bulgarians, uh, I would say over 50 years of age, which have lived uh, during communist times experience some nostalgia, some nostalgic feelings, and politicians on some occasions try to exploit that. And Borisov is actually one of these politicians. Um, he is trying to play the role, at least in my opinion, of a mediator uh, between Europe, I mean the mo most fierce um, um, opponents of, of uh, Putin and uh, Russian interventions in European politics, so to speak, and Russia on the other side. Uh, and you can uh, see that in, I mean, there are several energy, large-scale energy projects going on in Bulgaria right now. Uh, the so-called Turkish Stream uh, actually is a gas, uh, gas pipeline, uh, which runs from Turkey through Bulgaria going to Serbia, which has to actually uh, yeah, to, to, to um, deliver gas to, to Europe, not through the Ukraine. So it's a new gas pipeline which Russia try, with which Russia tries to uh, reduce Ukraine's influence, uh, so to speak, uh, mm -hmm. from a ge geopolitical point of view. Um, so uh, yeah, there is a battle going on, I would say. On the one hand, you have Bulgarians who like Russia, love Russia, they know Russian and, and like the Russian culture and politicians exploit that. On the other hand, you have the Bulgarian Socialist Party, which, as I said, originated from the Bulgarian Communist Party and is, I mean, among the influential, the strong political parties, the only one which promotes uh, an improvement uh, of the relationship between Bulgaria and, and, and Russia. Um, so there is a battle going on and the new political constellation in parliament could change uh, yeah, I mean, the dimensions of this of this conflict, but nobody knows. As I said, ITN is the strongest, uh, the second strongest party now with 51 um, seats in parliament and has clearly stated that it will uh, pursue a pro-European agenda. But as I said, nobody knows. Yeah, perfect. So let's let's focus in there. You mentioned the the Bulgarian Socialist Party that descended from the, the Communist Party. Do we know why their elections were so bad? It's quite, quite surprising that it was particularly yeah. bad, no? Well, 
I think that many, many people perceive the Bulgarian Socialist Party as part of the status quo, so okay. to speak. I mean, the Bulgarian Socialist Party was uh, in government between 2005 and 2009. During these times, Bulgaria became a member of the European Union. Uh, it had actually a really, really decent uh, economic growth. I mean, more than, more than the European average uh, at this time. Uh, and in spite of in spite of that, corruption uh, was still a problem, and, and and was was not solved as a problem at this time. And also other things uh, like to raise the living standard. I mean, this economic growth was was not distributed equally to all Bulgarians. Still, many Bulgarians still remained uh, poor, so to speak. There is also the phenomenon of the working poor in Bulgaria, which people which are part of the labor force, but um, uh, have uh, wages which are um, lower than the how do you call it um, a living wage let's the say living wage exactly um, so many people are discontent also with the Bulgarian Socialist Party and another factor the Bulgarian Socialist Party was uh, the in most influential opposition uh, party from 2009 to 2021 I mean for 12 years and they did, could not change much, so to speak. So many people uh, do not believe that they could bring about change, about general change in Bulgarian politics, and that's why they did not vote for them. Also, another interesting fact, uh, yeah, the leader of the Bulgarian Socialist Party, uh, Cornelia Minova, is her name, uh, has more or less a controversial political past. So he was, uh, I mean, a vice minister, uh, in the cabinet of Ivan Kostov, which is actually the first um, uh, government uh, without the Bulgarian Socialist Party in 1997, the first government after Bulgaria um, triggered market reforms and turned from a planned economy to a market economy. Um, and yeah, she was also involved in other scandals and I personally do not think that many people believe her. Yeah, I saw she had a she kind of isolated herself even within the party, it seems. There were a lot of, a lot of controversies over the last couple of months and years. Um, all right, last question. So I don't want to put a gun to your head and force you to, to make solid predictions, but what do we expect to see in terms of the new government? Is it going to be, you, you reckon it won't be Borisov? Are ITN going to take the reins and make things interesting? Well... I mean, according to, Bulgarian, to the Bulgarian constitution, uh, the president of Bulgaria has to afford a mandate to form a government to the strongest party. I mean, the party with the highest uh, vote share mm -hmm. in the election. So now, I mean, this should happen on the 11th of April when the um, final results of the elections will be published, mm -hmm. um, so to speak, by the Bulgarian Electoral Commission, Central Electoral Commission. So GERP, we would most probably not be able to to form a government because all other parties are anti-GERP. No, no party is ready to do that. So the second thing which comes is uh, uh, for the president to afford this mandate to the ITN. And the ITN has already stated that it won't uh, form a coalition with GERP, with the Bulgarian Socialists, and with the party of the Turkish minority, which is the so-called uh, movement for rights and freedom. 
So without those three parties, the ITN cannot form a, ma a majority. Other parties in parliament, like the Democratic Bulgaria, which uh, pursues more or less an anti-status quo and anti-communist agenda, have also stated, uh, I mean, it was the day after the election that they would also not form a coalition of any form uh, with uh, the socialists, with GERB, and the party of the Turkish minority. So in my, in my opinion, uh, most probably early elections will take, take place uh, in the in the early autumn or, or in, yeah in the late autumn I don't know and the only possibility of a government to survive it won't be a stable government would be to all parties which are uh, against the former government of Borisov um, yeah to build a coalition which would change which would make uh, important changes to the electoral call in Bulgaria and what I mean by that I mean that uh, both elections in Bulgaria are still more or less manipulated. I mean, you can buy votes. There are people which live in, 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 in slums, for example, uh, um, um, and which actually uh, are not interested in politics. Uh, they, yeah, their living standards are not so high. Uh, people, um, uh, how do you say, with, with, with less income, so to speak. Um, and those people are being paid to vote for a certain party. And that's a thing which uh, GERB, there are allegations, of course, there are no, 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 no exact proof that GERB uh, actually exploits and wins um, uh, votes in this way. So a major and important uh, change of the electoral code would consist in um, introducing uh, video surveillance of uh, vote counting, so to speak. So that this manipulation manipulations end. Another thing is to introduce also um, postal voting or electronic voting. This is not possible in Bulgaria uh, according to the to the current electoral code. Code. And another important thing also is that there is a restriction uh, to open polling stations in countries outside of the EU which means that Bulgarian in the United Kingdom or in the US uh, cannot open more than 35 polling stations, which is, and this election showed it, really not sufficient, actually. And uh, there are about 1.2 to 2 million Bulgarians uh, abroad, living abroad. There are some estimations, there is no exact figure. But as I said, the voter, the turnout abroad is really, really low. Um, because of that, so to speak, because there are not enough polling stations. And that's a thing that has to be changed. So that's, in my opinion, and also in the opinions of uh, many political scientists which have uh, spoken in, in television uh, in Bulgaria, um, the only possibility is to build such a, a, an unstable coalition which would uh, change the electoral call. All of the political parties, uh, except of GERB, of course, have stated they, they want to uh, start a revision of all public procurement uh, projects and big projects, so to speak, of GERB. But this would take a long time. And I mean, a government cannot exist uh, focusing only on a single topic. So that won't be possible in the long run. So yeah, my personal expectation uh, is actually that we would either have early elections, which will be organized as soon as possible, or we will have a uh, government uh, consisting of 
ITN, uh, the Bulgarian Socialists, uh, Democratic Bulgaria, uh, and there is also a small party called Rise Up, uh, Thugs Out. It's the smallest party in the current parliament. They would form some kind of an unstable government which would change the electoral code. That's the only possibility. So that's what I expect, actually. Perfect. I, I'm excited to see what happens. It's a very interesting election for, for a lot of reasons. I think we're going to leave it there. Daniel Yanov, thanks a million for joining me. That was some really insightful, really interesting analysis of the situation in Bulgaria. I encourage everyone to go and check out the, the initiative, the Citizens Initiative on the Democracy in Bulgaria, get involved. I'm sure there will be more protests coming in the near future. And that's everything from me. We'll be back early next week with the next edition of the podcast. Have a nice day, everyone.